Welcome to another episode of the Getting Things Done podcast from GTD Nordic. I am still Morten Røvik and I'm still here with my friend and colleague Lars Rotskill Henriksen. Hello, Lars. <laughs> Hi, Morten. Good to be with you again. And uh, as always, looking forward to sharing some more thoughts on this GTD related topic for uh, today with our listeners. If you haven't listened to this podcast before, our goal is to help you learn or become even better GTDers so you can become more productive, get a better overview of all of your commitments and be even better at staying present with whatever you're engaged in, both at home and at work. And we hope that you find these episodes valuable regardless of how experienced you are using the GTD practices. And if you'd like a refresher or learn more about the basics of GTD, the five steps, then we recommend you go back and listen to episodes one through six of the podcast. And today's episode is an interview episode with uh, an interesting person. This is doctor and author, Mr. Imran Rashid from Denmark. And this episode is a bit different, isn't it, Lars, when it comes to interviews? It is. It's a kind of an experiment. It really differs from our usual episodes, which are usually more directly GCD related. So in this episode, I'm interviewing uh, Imran Rashid. Imran is a doctor by training, but he wears a lot of different hats, as we also touch on in the interview. And it's uh, it's a bit special uh, interview for me. Um, I've participated in several of his podcasts. We were on a radio show together, and now I decided to invite him to join our podcast as well. Um, and I decided to invite Imran as I see a lot of his work directly affecting our lives in general, therefore also impacting our GTD systems and practices. Um, yeah. Imran has focused a lot of his work on contributing to a world where people use technology to become better human beings, really. Um, so to be more aware of how we use technology, establish healthy digital habits. And as GTDers in a digital world, I know that these are topics that are on a lot of people's minds. So I wanted mm. to get Imran's perspectives on this. So although this isn't directly GTD related. I'm hoping that this is valuable input to mm. all of your lives and, and through that also to watch your GTD practice. So it's uh, it's also a bit longer than usual, but I'm, I'm sure it will give you a, a lot of value. So uh, looking forward to sharing with you this with you. And for sure, always, as always, let us know via email uh, what you thought of this type of episode. Yes, I'm looking forward to to listening to to this interview, and I hope you will gain value from it. And uh, regarding the length, you have or some people have sent us emails complaining we we would like longer episodes. So here here's one for you. Okay. <laughs> so without further ado, and now our special guest. I'm here with Imran Rashid, who has a long list of different titles, including both doctor, father, author, speaker, and entrepreneur as well. Imran, welcome to the GCD Nordic podcast. Thank you very much. Um, I gave the listeners a few of your titles, but in your own words, could you please tell the listeners a bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, uh, so my professional background is that I'm a qualified doctor. I'm a specialist in family medicine. And apart from that, I've been uh, looking into how technology uh, affects humans. And I did that because I also, besides being a doctor, uh, di dived uh, deep into the technological entrepreneurship uh, area and uh, started a couple of uh, uh, companies uh, in, in the IT uh, sector and um, 
There I discovered how you can use technology to affect humans. And uh, I combined that with my knowledge about how humans thrive and what, what requirements there is for, uh, for human um, mental uh, well-being. And, uh, and there I, I, I saw a problem. And uh, that problem, which I've named digital health, is the thing I'm focused on and uh, also uh, what I'm have more or less specialized in uh, by writing books and uh, researching and looking into basically the human condition in the digital age. Mm, Very cool. Yeah. So you and I've been on both podcasts and a radio show before together. And and I invited you here today because I think a lot of your work and mission relates well to, to parts of GTD and would be valuable for GTDers to know a bit more about. Mm. So my plan for today was to talk a bit more about your mission, what you found, and and to give your listeners some practical tips as well to, to try out. And to start us off, um, I really like the mission you describe on your website, which uh, we will link to in the show notes. You state that your goals are to contribute to a world where people use technology to become better people and not be negatively impacted. Um, You mentioned to create more awareness about conscious and purpose-driven use of technology as opposed to unconscious and impulsive use. Mm -hmm. Ensure awareness of the negative consequences of technology use and to share tools to help individuals, families, companies, and society in general to develop healthy habits. And um, one of the keys uh, to this is what you call digital pollution, or at least that's how I translated it when I, yeah. when I looked through your website, which you see as, as perhaps the biggest challenge of the 21st century. Could you elaborate a bit on that? Yeah, uh, ba- basically, uh, um, you can say that the, the world around us affects the world inside us. So, uh, And just like uh, Mother Nature has been polluted by uh, uh, overuse of uh, uh, her or or if it's a man we don't know for sure <laughs> but uh, the planet's resources are d- depleted and that uh, heavily impacts uh, the planet's uh, 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 ecosystem you can make uh, that analog uh, example uh, to or you can make that example and, and compare it to how our mental uh, health or mental well-being also mm-hmm. becomes uh, polluted by the massive and vast amount of uh, digital information that constantly uh, hit our brain uh, from all areas and at all times, and um, and, and and that's in my opinion um, comparable to pollution, uh, which we know from air pollution, from sound pollution, from uh, light pollution. Which means that when your sensory organs are met with uh, a stimulus which exceeds our ability to cope with this, if you have too much light, you'll get headache. If you have too high uh, noise, too loud noises you'll get headache. And I mean, mm. you can't co- cope with this. And the same goes for the amount of information that we have to, uh, or, or have access to, uh, and that we have to like analyze and, 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 uh, um, and uh, process uh, at uh, all times in these uh, digital um, uh, times or the digitalized, mm. digi- digitized lifestyle we've developed. So that's, in my opinion, uh, what you can call a pollution uh, mm. of our lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of uh, listeners out there can can recognize this also from a GTD perspective with managing all of the stuff, the world moving faster and faster. So to to deal with this, um, that that is certainly a challenge of the 21st century. Um, so what are some of the most significant negative consequences of using technology? What, what have you found? Yeah. So um, 
the most important thing here to understand is that uh, anything that happens in the digital world is driven by mental resources. Obviously, we need to charge our phones in order for them to work. But once phone is charged, in order for anything to happen on your Mac or your computer or your phone, then you need to spend your mental resources. Uh, and the problem arises when you spend too much uh, mental resources. And also, uh, at the same time, you don't get um, enough uh, restitution. You don't get breaks. Uh, and that means that you can develop sleep disorders, concentration issues, the, uh, the uh, feeling of always being on. Uh, mm. and, and uh, being unable to unplug mentally. Uh, obviously, that also goes for uh, more or less holes in your concentration. I mean, mm. we know the sugar creates uh, holes in your teeth, but uh, uh, digital pollution creates holes in your concentration, mm. your ability to relate to other people and your ability to basically uh, uh, be the best version of yourself and also holes in your ability to getting things done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I like that analogy with uh, with sugar and holes in your <laughs> teeth and in your uh, you know ability to stay to stay present. Um, so, if we look from a from the human being perspective, um, what will be some of the most important skills to develop as technology continues to be a bigger part of our lives? Well, I think um, you need to learn how to um, control yourself when you're. Um, in 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 um, uh, in your habitual mode, so to say, uh, we know from uh, a lot of studies in, in human consciousness and uh, uh, how it works and how our brain works that a lot of the time we don't have enough mental resources to basically uh, choose our uh, our behavior, and mm. uh, that means that you have to plan ahead. Uh, I tend to say that humans they uh, can choose and live consciously in the now. In the moment, but most of the time we are we primarily exist in the routine. Hmm. So if you don't plan ahead and make your routines um, uh, a, not a no-brainer but a low-brainer, meaning that you need to hmm. you spend low resources uh, on doing tasks that are a low resource demanding, and that you plan ahead so that you don't get distracted. Um, that's basically uh, the ability to 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 plan forehand is, in my opinion, probably one of the most important things. Uh, combined with the the ability to have this uh, meta level of thinking, so so being conscious on higher levels, so that you have constantly the ability to change and or redirect your uh, daily uh, actions. Uh, that's probably what I think is the most important uh, skill we need to develop. Mm, yeah. And that relates very well to to one of the studies that I like to refer to when, when giving our GTD introductory speech. Uh, and I've, it's a study that I think I also found in one of your books, which is to, mm. to see how much time, how much time during a given day that you're actually on cruise control to some extent, whether you're daydreaming or driven by habits or whatever it may be, external uh, input. Um, you know, setting yourself up to have a more simplified way of working, what we would in GCD would refer to as next actions, having that mm. thought through so you don't have to think it through. Um, that, uh, yeah. yeah, it's exactly that. And, and uh, the thing here is also, um, uh, normally we think our, of ourselves as uh, rational, intelligent human beings who can choose wisely now and then and or most of the time. But what if it's, actually uh, wrong or just an illusion or uh, mm. that we 
in, in, in reality are uh, impulsive, emotional, habitual creatures who now and then uh, uh, random or, or rarely uh, manage to, to <laughs> produce uh, rational thoughts. If that was the case, which in many, if you look out in the world, that's, uh, that's how reality is. I mean, if you had, if, you, if the things you knew were the things you did, if there was mm. a direct correlation between mm. your your wisdom and intelligence and your actions, I mean, how many press releases uh, or press conferences did you need to have ar- around the COVID nineteen one? Mm. Right? They would say, "Wash your hands, stay, uh, uh, keep your distance, and uh, uh, wear masks," and then we wouldn't have a COVID nineteen crisis. Well, uh, it, it, so 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 I think uh, the COVID nineteen crisis has shown how big a gap there is between knowledge and, and behavior hmm. and, uh, and also why it is so important that we learn how to plan ahead so we don't fall in that, um, just do what you uh, normally do uh, uh, trap, so to say. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I imagine there is also a lot of, you know, age difference in 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 how we deal with technology. And the, when we see in the news and the, the studies that I've read, there is really a big big difference in, let's say, the the people that are sixty plus in a in a, in a workplace, maybe, and and the younger generation. There's a big difference in how this this impacts because people are just, you know, used to working differently with technology. Yeah. Uh, there is, but uh, actually, my studies or my surveys uh, around thousands of people show uh, a little bit different picture than mm. the 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 regular one, where you think that uh, young people who grow up in the digital age they can't keep their hands from their phones, etc. The thing is, when you ask people about their behavior, yes, there is uh, probably a little bit higher. Uh, excessive uh, usage, uh, unconscious, the, the the negative way of using your phone, where you lose control, and uh, you know all the social media stuff that impacts you emotionally, and where you basically develop unhealthy habits. Mm. But the interest, interesting part is that a lot of these young people, they are actually aware that they have a problem. Many of the uh, elder people, they also have the same. A kind of uh, maybe not that much uh, the same kind of uh, issues around the impulsive usage, but no one when you ask them, no one uh, realized that they have uh, a problem uh, in in the same uh, amount uh, that the young generations do. So, uh, which is a problem because you can't fix a problem if you don't know you have it. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Very good point as well. Yeah. So, so, so if you're uh, what you would refer to as uh, unconsciously incompetent, meaning that you don't know what you don't know, mm. uh, then you can't fix it. You can't change it. You don't see the need for changing your behavior. If it's just something, you know, young people do or your kids, you can see your kids uh, failure and you can tell your kids uh, to put their phones away, etc. But what is it that kids do? Well, they just uh, do what their parents do right so Mm. they have learned their behavior somewhere else um (laughs) and you as a parent probably were the one to buy the the phones for them and and uh, avoided uh, setting up boundaries so i think there's a lot of uh, uh, self-reflection we need to to deal with as well Mm. yeah yeah for sure for sure 
Um, and I'm, one of the areas where the work that you do and the work that we do come close is managing how we work in today's environment, uh, you know, where the boundaries are much less clear than mm. they were just 10 or 20, 20 years ago. Um, what are your, your findings and perhaps recommendations on, on managing this? Yeah, so um, um, what you know from uh, studies uh, like um, uh, if you want to, uh, uh, you know, the, the um, Anas Ericsson, uh, who was this uh, Swedish psychiatrist who developed the, the theory around deliberate practice and uh, mm -hmm. how people achieve uh, uh, expert level. I mean, how you become really good at learning stuff. Um, he pointed to something, some very interesting uh, findings in his studies where he looked at people who were really good at what they did. And uh, the things that matter there was the ability to um, uh, ritualize uh, learning. So, uh, and learning uh, meaning uh, not practicing what you already know, but basically practicing a new stuff. So go choose the hard way and choose it uh, constantly. Uh, uh, but what also mattered is that uh, the the place you uh, work, the time of the day you work, and the amount, uh, the the period, the duration uh, mm -hmm. of your uh, work, it, it, it impacts or, or it has an effect on your the quality. Um, so what you need to do is basically uh, make uh, hard work a low-brainer by ritualizing it, by uh, um, putting, it, uh, putting uh, routines into it, uh, and basically turning it into habits. If you mm. have to choose working hard, then you'll spend too much resources on it, and uh, probably you will become a lot more distracted. Um, but if you make sure that you have... Uh, uh, amounts of, because we also know that during the day your brain's ability to focus and make a hard work so to say is higher in the morning and then it declines over day because you spend so many mental resources on crunching data so to say mm. uh, that when you reach uh, uh, lunch or or after uh, afternoon you know uh, one two o'clock um, uh, then your brain will basically be depleted so there you would be um, you help yourself if you put some easy tasks. So uh, to, to basically match the task at hand with the resources that you have, and then make sure that the, you understand what creates resources and, and what creates resources in your mind is uh, sufficient sleep, is uh, the blood sugar level, is uh, the, um, uh, the stress you experience uh, throughout the day. Because if you had like a fight in your, uh, in your private life, uh, and then you uh, have to go to work. May, obviously, you will have depleted a lot of those mm. resources because uh, you don't. You just have one brain. You don't have a family <laughs> brain and then a work brain, right? That's some of the uh, things we go and, and and talk about when we when we have this work life uh, balance uh, 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 theories that we can manage uh, two different parts of our life with the same brain. Uh, without having uh, an impact or a spillover effect. Hmm. Uh, I tend to see it like that we have a work-life blender <laughs> and that <laughs> life is about getting the best smoothie out of this um, <laughs> because uh, it's about doing the right things at the right time for the right reasons. I, I would say that's also something that resonates probably well with uh, mm -hmm. the GTD uh, theories. But again, it's about um, lending out the rational thoughts <clears throat> for times where rational thoughts are 
uh, in uh, low uh, demand, so to say. Hmm. It's uh, just, just like you raise your kids, right? You teach them, you lend your uh, rational thinking to them because they haven't developed it yet. That's the same way that you should plan ahead and make sure that the planning you do is shown like in lists or to-do lists or uh, or, or, or clear um, uh, indications or signs in your everyday life so that you know that you don't have to think or choose uh, that much uh, throughout the day. Mm. One of the things that I've uh, experienced through these COVID-19 uh, work from home at times uh, and where people have contacted me uh, and, and asked for my uh, uh, help uh, around uh, how to create the best work environment in home is exactly the lack of structure that we experience when you, uh, when the biggest challenge of the day is, uh, is today the day I will go to bath or should I just stay, you know, in my jogging pants like I've done for a couple of days because no one's seeing me from the waist and above because mm-hmm. I'm only on screens, right? So when we lose structure in our life, it means that it requires a lot more mental resources and, and the ability to plan ahead and create um, a simple, direct, um, basically help yourself uh, just like we do in traffic, where you create traffic lights in your everyday life, where you know what to do and, and why and how uh, is the way to go get through these turbulent times. Mm. I can uh, imagine right now uh, thousands of GTDers nodding their heads to what you're saying right now, <laughs> both from the perspective of, you know, uh, things like a, a review of your work would often be in the morning where you have the most uh, mental energy, you know, maybe uh, uh, at least from a personal perspective and also experience with others that they tend to do the, the clarification and thinking through their work in the morning. Uh, and especially, you know, the the resources, as you mentioned, at the end yeah. of the day, it's, it's built into the methodology to to take this into consideration so when you choose the task to engage in and uh, that exactly comes into play so uh, i i can imagine a lot of them nodding their heads right now what you just said uh, that's another thing also i would add to that because uh, uh, i think uh, one should also add to uh, the planning that in uh, if you have a limited amount of resources uh, of course uh, the the most resource demanding uh, work task would be put obviously uh, early in the day. But what you should plan for as well is that there are also um, work tasks that provide you with energy. I mean, things that you like to mm-hmm. do, um, like talking to your colleagues, uh, that your, your uh, favorite colleague, uh, having talks with that person or, or would provide you with energy. So don't think of it as, uh, you know, just spending uh, resources. Also think about... Uh, like uh, like you know saving uh, the dessert or the treat uh, <laughs> what makes you happy i mean you will probably have some task that you want to do uh, do because you um because you like to do it uh, that's because you don't have to think too much but it's fun you get rewarded whatever but use that as like the dessert uh, uh, where you eat the carrots and all those <laughs> things first and then you can have the fun part the things that give you energy later on on the day because then that's the reward for having you know uh put a mental resource on it and then you can also like uh, look ahead to uh the end of the day where you like have this uh, prize that you win mm. the uh the fun work parts and if you don't have the fun work of course you can just put some uh some fun things you can do with your family or or, or training or whatever you want to do uh, later on but just mm. have this planning inside that you it, it work 
work hard, play hard, but uh, do stuff that uh, take take up energy. And then uh, you need to also plan the activities that uh, build up uh, energy. Otherwise, you'll just be losing energy at all times. Mm, yeah. Um, just a few more questions, and I'll sneak in a question yeah. of my own here as well. Uh, because as a parent of two young boys, I'm very focused on, on trying to help them establish good digital habits as well. Um, so they're yeah. just two and five, but we already see a big difference in how we establish digital boundaries for them as opposed to how other parents uh, deal with this. Um, and I know that some of your work and speeches focus on this topic. So what are some of the key aspects to be aware of when it comes to children and technology? Yeah, um, and it's a very interesting uh, question because uh, how do we raise our kids to become conscious when we don't have the consciousness ourselves? I mean, <laughs> uh, and it's always um, easier to, because the task here is not to control their behavior. The task here is to create um, consciousness around stuff that wants their attention at all times um, and um, learn or, or teach them uh, the mastery of these uh, devices. So because it's self-regulation, which is the key word here. It's mm. not you telling them what to do. It's you uh, teaching them uh, how to deal with it so that they learn uh, from the inside that they can manage it. Uh, just like uh, learning them, uh, teaching them how to ride a bicycle, right? Mm. Um, to start with, what you do is first you uh, you uh, teach them with a, 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 a toddler's bike with three wheels or, or something like that where they can't fall. Then they learn how to ride the bike and then when you one day you remove the, the, the side wheels, then you maybe put a steering uh, stick in the back of the mm. bicycle and run after them, right? Because they can't fall because you're holding them. And then when they suddenly ride faster and faster, one day what you do is you let go and then they ride and they go fast and, and they, uh, they ride so well until they look back and see that, you've, that they are not, you're not holding. And the moment they see you're not holding the stick, then their uh, reality collides with their a mental picture of themselves because they're not there yet when they've made a story mm -hmm. about themselves as being someone who can ride a bike. Okay. And mm -hmm. that means that the moment you realize that, oh, oh mom and dad uh, is, uh, are not holding the stick anymore, then they fall. Um, but what they, what they will slowly learn, and that's, um, I think, also a, a key uh, concept in teaching uh, kids to master digital devices or uh, all other kinds of abilities as well, is that the moment they fall and get up again and they learn that falling is actually not that difficult or not that hard or I actually survived even if I fell, uh, then they're on the track of learning how to ride the bike. Because it's not riding the bike that's the problem, it's the uh, fear of falling that's mm -hmm. the barrier more or less. And that's basically, um, I think, uh, a very important thing here that it's not um, it's not uh, using our phones that's the problem or not even using our phones or digital devices too much that's the problem. The problem is if we use it to a point where we can't stop using them, where we lose control, where mm -hmm. the devices, they collide with our um, conscious uh, behavior or conscious choices. So if, for instance, um, I use my devices and uh, get so uh, obsessed with them that I don't come out and 
sit with my parents and eat, uh, you know, as a kid. If, I, if, if there's a conflict, conflict of interest, that's where you need to um, learn how to, uh, uh, like, install self-regulation in your kids. So meaning just like you have to think about what you do beforehand, before they get the device, make a, a, a clear uh, agreement with them that, okay, so you want to play uh, or, or game or whatever. Uh, how long time do you want to game? And then you can just basically put a watch right next to them, um, a clock where they can see how much time they have spent. Or, or you can just, uh, uh, when they have reached uh, like five, ten minutes before they have to stop, then you can just uh, come in and say, okay, uh, five, 10 minutes, uh, where are you? How many games do you have? Because obviously you won't um, pull them out right before the final uh, goal in the, the soccer hmm. game or one, something like that, or the, you know, the final part. What, what you could do is just basically sit next to them and watch them you know, finalize and be, be, show them that you uh, show interest in what they're doing so that they feel that you're not taking them away from something, but that you have like, um, uh, a common experience about this mm. thing that uh, uh, fills them with uh, pleasure, so to say. Um, and and, and uh, what you could s- describe this as that learn how to see the world through their eyes, mm. because then it's not a conflict. Then it's you understanding them and they can feel that you are like relating to them and, and you're, uh, you understand what they're doing. Um, but that's also a lot easier for you to like steer them in another direction and also uh, of course uh, uh, show them appraisal for being able to stop and talk mm. about what happened there so that they know that it's not um, uh, an alternative to you know boring parents fun games but more <laughs> like this is something that was fun but it's also important to be able to control it because uh, uh, you can maybe some with their shooting games that start screaming and you know get uh, really emotional and that's what games do they they remove or more or less scrape off your rational thinking and turn you into an emotional habit driven monster if you don't uh, <laughs> and kids are more prone to that because they don't have the rational um, anchor to hold them uh, back into reality and mm-hmm. therefore they need to basically uh, you need to l- l- uh, l- uh, lend them your a rational thinking so that they uh, understand their behavior better and also learn to master it better, right? Mm. Um, so, so I think that's some of the things, uh, basically just for, like riding a bike. Uh, and uh, because if you, learning to master something requires two things. One is to understand the, the basic concepts of what is this, you know, the rational part, what is going on here. But the other thing that's just as important is to deal with the emotions that are created. That's why, uh, uh, for instance, passing a theory test uh, when you're having your driver's license is not the same as being able to pass the driver's test, you know, the practical Mm -hmm. test. You have two tests. Why? It's because when you've passed the theory test, you don't have to deal, you don't kill people if you uh, fail in the theory test, right? Mm -hmm. You kill people... Uh, and that means that the pra- practical test is something you need to uh, use your body for and you need to deal with emotions. So therefore, mm. the, the emotional component and regulation of the emotional component is, I think, a lot more uh, important when you have uh, kids uh, wandering off uh, 
uh, on the digital uh, uh, roads because uh, that's how a lot of the digital uh, products are created today. They impact us emotionally and that's what uh, drives our uh, habitual behavior. Mm, uh, and that's yeah. what basically the danger is because, I mean, just like we tell our kids to not go and eat candy from uh, strangers uh, because we don't know what <laughs> would happen. It's ex- exactly the same. Don't eat candy from uh, Mark Zuckerberg or uh, all, all those other uh, tech giants because if you do, you won't know what they, how they will change your behavior. You'll mm. lose your critical thinking if you start uh, eating too much digital candy. Hmm, yeah. Makes uh, makes a lot of sense, and I like the you know lending them your rational thinking. I like that. Uh, I like mm. that expression. Um, last question on my list is: uh, What is, in your experience, the most common challenges that people face today, uh, and how do you respond to them? So, for example, at speeches or any something like that, where people would ask their, you know, how would I deal with this challenge? What What do you recommend uh, from a yeah. practical perspective? Yeah. So um, I think. Uh, a lot of people, they deal with uh, bad conscience. They know that they use their phone too much in, per- in places they shouldn't, you know, driving cars, uh, sitting on uh, with their family and uh, try uh, at their work. Um, and therefore, they, they, because they know at some point, they know they shouldn't, but they can't stop doing it. So they build up a lot of uh, bad conscience. And, uh, and, and they, ask, they, they ask for advice how to deal with this bad conscience. Mm-hmm. What I tend to say is that, hey, you're just a human being discovering that you're a, a human being. That's basically uh, the conflict that happens inside your brain um, where you understand that your knowledge about things is not the same as your ability to control things. Uh, just as uh, you know, it goes for people smoking, people drinking, people eating too much or not exercising, etc. We have lifestyle changes and that is because the part of your brain that understands the world is not the part of your uh, brain that lives in the world. And those two things are um, not necessarily synchronized. So bad conscious um, is just a symptom of you learning uh, about a problem that you need to deal with. And then you need to understand that changing habits um, is not the same as understanding the need for change. Uh, and and therefore, mm. uh, because people have this, um, um, in my opinion, uh, overrated uh, belief of themselves being rational human beings, um, mm. and and I think the the first step is to let go of that um, illusion um, and and to basically just uh, embrace the fact that we're human beings. We're basically prone to make errors to make uh, um, uh, irrational, emotionally habit-driven choices in our daily life. Um, But the ability to learn from these mistakes and to try and navigate, that's basically uh, how we should deal with stuff. Every time we um, do stuff we know is stupid, just check in with yourself, okay, what happened? What did I do? What should I do next? How can I avoid this uh, and change that um, uh, behavior so, uh, or, so I decrease the, the risk of uh, ending in the same situation again? And, and that's basically how we should go through life, uh, observing our behavior, thinking about it, and trying to plan ahead and slowly steer away from you know, 
small steps uh, in the right direction. And one part which is important is that the alternative shouldn't uh, be driven by rational thinking. The alternative behavior should be also driven by emotional rewarding, but uh, an emotional reward that we chose ourselves. Hmm. Because uh, basically this all comes down to uh, what provides you with emotional simulation. Because the, the thing that provides you with emotional simulation are also the things that's going to drive your uh, habitual behavior when your rational thinking is not there. So choose your own rewards, the emotional rewards. Do what feels good, especially if you do what feels good, uh, uh, which is important, together with other people. Then you can be sure that it's not an inward process where you become obsessed with your you know, um, selfish uh, uh, fulfillment of your needs. But when you start doing stuff with other people, which is important and which is something that's uh, for a reason that's greater than yourself, those alternatives can be uh, very uh, competitive uh, against uh, uh, your smartphone or your digital uh, habits. Um, um, so, so do it. Uh, we uh, do uh, turn your uh, activities uh, into we we things instead of um, uh, me things, so mm. to say. Yeah, great. Oh, and I think uh, I really like the um, emotional reward aspect. That's certainly something that I could you know a filter or a perspective that I could apply on how I will go ahead and choose my next actions following following our meetings. And I think also mm. listeners might recognize there that 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 GTD will also maybe help them have more alignment between this rational thinking and this uh, irrational behavior that we sometimes do, so we can more easily uh, yeah, take that so, into so, consideration. Uh, yeah, and then so so basically, is we are all rational human beings, yes, but we're only that uh, on a starting point. From there, when we need to have like uh, outsource our behavior, when we've chosen to now, I want to exercise or whatever I want to do, do it to start with uh, by uh, choosing it. But at some point, you can't choose your way into uh, you know a six pack uh, <laughs> like uh, uh, ten years later. It has to be. Uh, hung on the other hook, which is the emotional hook, where mm. it feels good and you want to uh, avoid that feeling in your life. And that's why you go and exercise. If you have to choose it, then it won't stick because that's basically just like the New Year's uh, resolutions that won't mm. stick if it's not for the right reasons, right? Great. Thank you so much for your tips and your time, Imran. I think we came across a lot of very interesting things and really appreciate you taking the time for this. This is my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Imran Rashid is uh, a very interesting person and he's uh, done a lot of interesting things. Um, I hope this episode was valuable for you. Any signing off words, Lars, for, uh, for this interview? What struck, struck you as most important with his, uh, his interview or his well, thinking? I I really like, you know, several of the perspectives. And I think a lot of people, as I also mentioned in the interview, I think a lot of GTDers out there can can really recognize a lot of this coming from a GTD world. Um, so a lot of the perspectives that he provided, both from a practical perspective, but also, you know, different views on your own GTD system, um, such as the emotional component of choosing work, which will be something that I will be looking out for. I think, you know, as, as GTDers, um, a lot of the emotional parts are more easily handled because we, you know, go through the clarify step we have the next action so we maybe tend to be less and less emotional about it but it, it could surely add a nice perspective on, on choosing my work mm. 
And um, I also took the liberty of asking one of my own questions about kids' technology, and I really like the the lending your rational brain to them perspective. Uh, I think mm. how we are raising our kids with limited technology uses is, is the right approach for us. But I really like the perspective of you know lending them your rational brain to help them establish a good relationship with technology. Mm. Yeah, that was really so, interesting. So a lot of mm. good thoughts. Mm. Okay, we we hope you you the listener have had uh, value with this uh, interview, and uh, if you liked it, give us a thumbs up, give us a rating, and uh, send us uh, suggestions for people we can interview. I'm super happy when we do this because it brings another perspective to to mm. um, our work as podcasters here, bringing you value, but also um, the the value of the interviewees' thoughts. So thank you. And Lars, will you take us out? Sure. As we wrap up this episode, just a quick reminder to head on over to gtdnordic.com to learn more. Uh, on that site, you will find links to the country websites for each of the Nordic countries. So for those of you in the Nordics, go through gtdnordic.com. You'll find the country websites. You can find articles about GCD, links to newsletters, groups on social media where natives from each country discuss GCD. And of course, you can find all of our offerings regarding speeches, coaching and seminars, virtual and physical on those sites as well. So as, as Mon just mentioned, this was an experimental episode. So really hope that this gave you some, some really good food for thought. Uh, so please be sure to let us know what you what you think. Um, and also, just before we wrap up, uh, just, uh, you know, this is our last episode before Christmas. So hopefully this will be some, some thoughts that will be helpful as we approach the, the holidays. So we'll take a, a break as we approach uh, Christmas and um, we'll be back in the new year. So thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, as always we really appreciate it and look forward to sharing more thoughts on GCD with you in 2021 mm -hmm. thank you Lars and people listening thank you thank you for being here thank you for listening to us we hope we bring you value as always and until next time and after Christmas stay safe and stay productive bye 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 bye